0: It was an event that uh, was a first, um, a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime experience for many of us. In May, on a rainy day, a new monarch, Charles III, was crowned. Was anyone here, among the 2,000 or so who attended Westminster Abbey? No one quite that privileged. What about? Did anyone join the thousands who lined the streets of London? Any enthusiasts? No? Okay. That's fine. I didn't either, to be fair. Um, Did did anyone here attend any celebratory street parties? Well, one or two of you did. Okay. Um, Okay, who watched it on TV? There we go. That's about the level that we're at. Um, uh, I watched it on TV. Apparently nearly 20 million or so did. Um, And it was a really lavish ceremony, wasn't it, the coronation? Full of symbolism, lavish riches. I mean, the the, the crown jewels themselves that that King Charles and Queen Camilla were wearing were pretty um, pretty impressive and worth quite a lot of money there. And the parade afterwards um, was was full of such pomp and pageantry that we haven't seen before. And given that the year started with that autobiography. Who's got a copy of that one? Despair, you know, Prince Harry? Only, only one of you is confessing? I haven't got it either. I'm quite tempted, though. Uh, probably wait till it's in the works, you know, then you can get it for cheaper. Anyway, so one, once the, the year began with that autobiography, the question on everyone's lips was, would Harry be there? He was. About Rose Z. And, well, no, actually, he was in the third row, to be fair, um, but, not, but he wasn't at the palace for the balcony wave. So, 2023 was the year when the boy, born to rule in 1948, finally, in his 75th year, was crowned. What an extraordinary life! How extraordinary to be born. In, to be in his shoes, to be born a prince, to be born to rule. Charles has never been just a normal person. He's been a king in waiting since he was born. And all his life he has carried a nation's expectations and hopes and constant scrutiny. Who here watches the crown or has watched the crown? People, one or two of you are confessing to that as well. One of the themes that comes out in, in The Crown is this sense of he is unlike everyone else. He can't have a life like everyone else. In the episode that I've just been uh, watching with, um, with uh, Liz, uh, last night we were watching, um, we're kind of getting into the fourth se- series, I think it is. And uh, so it's in, in the... Uh, it was 1992, the Aris Annus Horribilis uh, of 1992, which you may well remember. And there's a scene where Margaret... Complains to Elizabeth saying we can't live a life like everyone else. You know you've got a, you're meant to be the, the head of state and uh, You meant to be an ex- your family's meant to be an example, but uh, you know being the church head of the Church of England And uh, look at us. We're all a disaster. We're all either separated or divorced your children and uh, And she and basically she makes the point of you can't we can't be like everyone else and, and Charles is told in no uncertain terms your, your, your siblings may be able to get away with divorcing, but you can't. Because you're, you're not like the rest. He's, he's set apart even from his own siblings. So Charles has had a life with expectations and scrutiny unlike any other person in this country. Who could possibly bear such a load? We've heard some extraordinary words tonight, beautifully read by all of our readers. Thank you so much. Incredible statements about one person. The government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will reign forever with justice and righteousness. He'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David and he will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. He is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. If King Charles III thought that he had waited a long while to finally become crowned, this king's coming had been anticipated for centuries. And when he was born, his birth was heralded not by the local media, or national media indeed, but by angels in heaven who lit the skies with their glory. He was visited by men who traveled thousands of miles to worship him. He was obviously important. You'd expect the whole world to notice. You'd expect him to be born in a palace, in a great city where great people are born. I mean, after all, that's where where Charles was born. He was born in Buckingham Palace. And yet, we've heard something else Perhaps even more extraordinary than these grand statements and claims about his identity. This very same child, born to be the king, but born to be the king of kings indeed, was born where animals were kept and laid in a manger. makes a stark difference to a rather plush private hospital which, um, you know, which the recent royal editions have been born in, or indeed Buckingham Palace, where Charles was born. And the angels who lit up the skies with their glory didn't spread the news to important people, but they went to shepherds, outcasts in society at the time. Heaven had decreed that these outsiders, these nobodies, should be the first to know. Why? Because this was, as the angel said, good news of great joy for all the people. While the coronation was exciting, And I was grateful for the extra bank holiday that we had in May, thank you very much. I'm not sure that the coming of King Charles III as King is really good news for me, personally. What is in it for me? But this King, the King we've heard about this evening, King Jesus, he's different. The claims about him are too great to be ignored. This King claims authority over not just a nation, but over every nation, over every person who has ever lived, over you and over me. And indeed, going back to that coronation, I was profoundly moved by the very first line of the the service, where a young child said to the king, do you go to serve the king of kings? And then Charles says, yes, because he knows he is under someone else's authority, great as King Charles may be. And if it's true what the prophets and the angels say, this child changes everything. Suddenly there is a God who has made himself known through this one child. Suddenly we have hope for the world because this child will return to reign one day with peace and justice. And boy, does this world need it. I mean, we've sung about peace on earth, we've sung a lot about Bethlehem a broken village, a broken land is in desperate need of peace suddenly there is a God who declares that every child every man every woman matters to him good news for asylum seekers refugees all sorts this means there is hope for you and for me you have infinite worth in God's eyes you are precious to him i wonder what brought you here tonight perhaps you came because you fully believe all these statements about the child jesus and you're here to worship i wonder is it just is, is, is this more something something you do every christmas it's part of your annual tradition you enjoy the feeling this season gives you I mean, the church looks great all that sort of stuff it just, it just feels right doesn't it to come in at this time of year you enjoy the feeling of this season, but it doesn't really go much beyond that for you. And you don't give Jesus much thought through the rest of the year. Perhaps you're reluctantly here because you've been dragged here by a fat friend or family member. And if that's the case, we're really glad that you've come. After all, there is mulled wine and mince pies to share with you afterwards. It would be a shame to have too much left over. But I wonder, what are these claims... Are true what if Jesus is God in human form born to show you your worth in his eyes what if God gave himself for you what if Jesus really is what this Christmas thing is all about what if he is the greatest gift ever given How do we respond to that? Because our response to this changes everything. Do we accept this claim of his kingship over us? Do we receive the gift of himself that he gives us? What do we give in response? Perhaps you want to know more about Jesus for the first time. Perhaps, like one of these candles, the flame has flickered and it's it's gone out. Perhaps you'd like that flame to light again. Perhaps you want to know more about Jesus. We'd love to share and talk to you uh, afterwards over a glass of mulled wine. Or perhaps we'd love to give you a booklet of Why Christmas that we have a few copies of. We'd love to give you one. That that talks about Jesus in more detail. We'd love to offer you the chance to explore uh, more about Jesus and the Christian faith by doing the Alpha Course. It's always an offer that we offer because we'd love to journey with people and help them to discover the Christian faith that changes everything. Why not get in touch and, and talk again with us afterwards? Perhaps you might be ready to give your heart to Jesus this Christmas, maybe for the first time, maybe for the umpteenth time, it doesn't really matter to Jesus, he takes it. And if you are in that place, then in a moment we're going to sing perhaps my favorite carol in the bleak midwinter. And you might want to make the final words of this carol your prayer. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb if I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can, I give him. Give my heart."